Good morning to each one here, and I want to greet you in Jesus' name, the one that is always faithful. What a blessing we serve a faithful God. Glad to see everyone here. <clears throat> May the Lord bless you for coming. We just sang, we want to dwell in the house of the Lord every day, so at least we get to come here on Sunday, and sometimes Sunday evening, and sometimes Wednesday evening, and other times, but what a tremendous blessing. It's nice to meet here with the believers again at the peak. I'm getting to feel a little bit more at home all the time, and that's wonderful. I'm glad you've accepted me. I appreciate that because I know that um, it's just a real blessing to be able to come and be accepted among the believers. The Lord has laid a little different message on my heart this morning, but uh, it is here for our encouragement and to be strengthening to us as believers, let us look for a text at Ephesians 4, verses 11 to 16. <clears throat> now, if you remember, I think this week we read that in our morning devotions, if you do, or evening whenever. Now, that's kind of interesting. The Lord already laid uh, these verses and some thoughts on my mind. I thought, wow, this is wonderful. Yeah, but I didn't get to hear all the blessings of the Sunday school class. I'm enjoying instruction class, I will say that. Uh, that that's very enjoyable, and I'm, I'm glad to be able to meet with young believers and, uh, and be, meet and share fellowship together. What a blessing. <clears throat> Ephesians 4. Uh, verses 11 to 16. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, <clears throat> for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God into the, a perfect man and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, <clears throat> that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up unto him in all things which is the head, even Christ, for whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies according to the effectual working in the measure of Christ. In the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So the, the title of the message is the church, the church growing up. Now, I don't know um, how it was when you was a child, but there was times when I heard the comment, I wish he would grow up. And I don't know, hopefully you hadn't heard that too much in your ears, and hopefully you haven't had to say that too much to some of your children. But, you know, it is kind of is that desire when somebody acts a little bit subpar, sometimes you kind of wish they would grow up a little bit. And I find that interesting that uh, God, through Paul, used those words here in verse 15 that uh, he wants us to grow up. Well... I'm also glad for the thought that I've had, you know, when I've seen people and I thought, you know, they're finally growing up. <laughs> and that's a beautiful, that means they're starting to 
act their age. And they're starting to act the way and conduct themselves the way they should. You know, when I think about that in a Christian life, I think growing up is a lifelong project. If you've arrived, you probably got somewhere you probably that Satan can use to tear you down. And but you know, it's a it's a lifelong project. So, you know, when we look at these thoughts in this passage, I think we're looking at some uh, matters and uh, principles that help us amount to more than we did last week. That's what it is. Growing up is doing more, doing better, fulfilling the will of God. And that's what, with children, you see them grow, show more uh, reasonable thinking, more reasonable conduct, and actually they're growing up. And I wonder sometimes, and looks, the guy looks down at me and says, you know what? He sure needs a lot more growing up. I wonder how much that happens. It could happen. Well, I guess that's a kind of intriguing thought. Well, any, I think anything that helps us to grow and be more useful in the kingdom is a good thought. And I think that's what he's wanting to say. You know what? You know, you, know, you can do this and you can do that. But you can do this and this that you're not doing. <laughs> you know? Is that part of growing up? I think so. It could be. So here, I want the first point is in verse 11, uh, where it talks about these gifts. And, uh, and, but I'm going to say they have gifts. And they're gifts. And I, so I'm tied to the first point, being useful. Being useful. And in 1 Corinthians 12 verses 14 and 16 and 27 to 31, it talks about, it has a number of list of gifts there, which I could read to a prophet, but there's too much to be said to read uh, everything that would be a prophet this morning, that uh, it talks about these gifts. And I know we have a song that goes, one talent have I to take to the sky, and for sure, if you don't think you have any, you do at least have a one gift, I'm sure. The thing is, to be honest with you, you probably have three or four or five. And, uh, and you know, we, so we want to use the gift to aid other people to be, uh, uh, to grow, to, to aid in the kingdom. One of the biggest problems in being uh, useful is being available. I don't know if you struggle with that, you know. Okay, you know, can you do this? Teach summer Bible school. Now, I don't know if that's ever challenged any of y'all, but you know what? Being available becomes a problem sometimes. If you're going to be useful, you need to be available, okay? That's part of it. And, of course, this is kingdom building. You want to grow up in Jesus and be what he wants? Be available to use your gifts because God wants that. In Matthew uh, 25, 14 to 30, speaks about... Uh, the talents, and, and a master gave one five talents, and that might be you. And he gave one two, and another one. You remember the story. You know what happened? He come back, and the one utilized his talents, and he gave him five more. Another one utilized the two, and he gave him two more, right? And another one utilized, did not utilize his talent, and he buried it. You know what? He more than lost it. He was condemned. He was more than lost. He think, well, he just lost. No, he wasn't. Read the end of the story. He was condemned. He was completely condemned. And I noticed it was interesting when the master come back, when you read that, and, 
and they had used their talents wisely, and he gave them more talents. You know what he said? Enter into the joy of the Lord, your Lord. You want joy in the Lord, use the talents you have. And, and, and you know what? You know, it's kind of amazing what happens to people. Uh, there's all kinds of gifts. Well, I'm not a teacher. I'm not a teacher. I heard people say, I'm not a teacher. Well, I've noticed some things. If, if you can t talk, converse, and most of us do not struggle real bad with conversations. And if you can converse, you're sold out for Jesus. So you're reading your Bible and you're following him faithfully. You're being inspired and led by the God. You probably can do a great job teaching because that's what it takes. That's basically the criteria. Uh, because I've heard a man said, ah, oh, he can't teach. This was all maybe eight or ten years ago. He can't teach. And he had to twist his arm, as we would call it. <laughs> I didn't do this now. Somebody else did this. And they got him to teach. And it was hard. Oh, it was so hard. He said it was so hard. He's an excellent teacher today. In fact, he even preaches some. Now, amazing. But what if he would have never done the first time? He would have buried his talent. That's what. He would have buried his talent. And there'd been condemnation for that. You know, you think, well, I don't have, you know, think, well, I'm not a good teacher. Well, don't compare yourself with the best. God didn't say you had to be good. He said you need to be available and use it. Available and using it. That's all it takes. Now, it does take a lot of time to be a good teacher because uh, one of the things, I wonder what God thinks. I've heard people say this sometimes. Oh, I didn't have much time to study. So I didn't have much time to say. I wonder what God thinks. What did they do on Friday night? What did they do all day Saturday and Saturday evening that was more important than studying their lesson? I don't know. But I wonder what God thinks. Maybe we need to grow up. I don't know. <laughs> you know? See, growing up is investing in the kingdom and utilizing the talent for to bless the kingdom, right? And this is a tremendous, I tell you, a church is doing this, I'm telling you, this church is loaded with talents from God. I firmly believe this church is loaded with talents from God. And so we just want to use them for his glory. And there's a lot of them. Some of them we don't read in the Bible list. Being friendly and inclusive. I think not everybody's that born that way. I really believe every Christian should be that way, but some are more gifted in that way, right? Okay. But you know, you can always work at it. Growing up, doing better, giving hospitality. Yeah, someone but open heart, open hearts, open homes, being hospitable. That's a real gift that we can all grow in. Having compassion. Compassion one for another. Having a listening ear. I think that's a real talent. Some of you are a lot better than others and that. But that's a real gift. How about giving? Giving. Food. Giving food. You know, we'll get the money later. You know. <laughs> giving time, listening, and giving money. How about uh, an understanding heart when you talk and listen? Being able to understand and discern. Having understanding. You read that um, as a blessing. For, in the, we read in the head, to, an understanding heart. I think he gives that to us now. Now, a lot of these things, we have a certain level of it just being a Christian and being uh, serving the Lord and trying to do what's right. We have a certain level of it. But I think these are things that if they're cultivated, we can grow in. You know, the more, uh, 
the more you do it, the easier it gets. In other words, when you teach, I, I remember the uh, first time I gave five minutes or three minutes, I'm not sure, was it two minute devotions? I scarcely made it. And, you know, the next, you know, you can give longer devotions and longer devotions, and then it gets easier. You know, the more friendly you are, the friendlier you become. You know, hunter, uh, runners, they know if they're going to run a 5K, we won't talk about marathon, let's talk about 5K, something that's a little bit more reasonable for people out of shape, that uh, they, they have to eat right, live right, sleep right, and, and train. And you know what? You know that, that first time you run, and if you got there, and if you ever run a mile recently, you know, you're out of breath, your heart is burning, your legs ache and everything. I did this 45 years ago. <laughs> and it's pain. It, you know, it's not worth the trouble, but okay. It's what you do if you want to run 5K, okay? And you do, and you train your labor, and finally, you know what? After months of training, you can do it. You know what I mean? You run, and you know what? If you run one 5K and you stay in shape, you can run another one and another one and another one. It becomes easier and easier and easier. That's how you work your gifts. Because uh, I think you can relate to that. So <clears throat> a lot of it is this way. Leading songs. Leading songs. And I know uh, we, sometimes we feel like we have to do know how to lead songs and everything. But no, we don't. I think being available is a blessing. And I think it's a tremendous blessing to see many, many people lead songs. You practice. Take, take the effort to practice. They've even said, stand in front of the mirror and look how, see how you look. Well, I think that's a good idea. And uh, I think it's good. You know, in other words, I'll be honest with you, a lot of these things you have to get out of your comfort zone. You know what I mean? It's not just comfortable to be up in front when you're not used to it and you really don't want to do it. But if you're going to amount to anything, you're going to grow up with your talents and gifts. You're going to have to get out of your comfort zone and let God push you into newer, greener pastures. We don't want to stalemate at just one level of just, oh, okay, you know, what you've been doing might be fine. But if you have two talents, how are you going to get two more if you don't do more? See, God is pleased. He wants to give us more. And it takes humility because you think, well, if I lead songs, what if I mess up? You just might. And that's just okay. That's just okay. There's no problem. There's no Worship doesn't have to be perfect all the time. It's, we're imperfect humans worshiping the Lord, right? And so, you know, just be available and do it. And we can mess up. I know it's humbling, but put your heart into your work. The Lord's work. We're representing him. Spend time practicing the songs. Spend time uh, for your devotions. Spend, when you give devotions, spend time and put in a lot of effort to uh, teach Sunday school class. It'll bless you. It'll bless the kingdom. And you know what? You just might get more gifts. You might really amount to something for Jesus. And that's what we're here for. That's actually what we're here for is, is to be, uh, to do all that we can so we can enter in to the joy of the Lord. You know, when we stalemate and stagnate spiritually, you know what? We lose our joy. And we don't want to do that. We want to be, well, in fact, verse, uh, we want to be those that have the joy of the Lord. Verse 16b, 
says, according as the effect of working by which every part does its share. That's the new King James. I like that. To realize God can look down and realize your part, if you individually don't do your part, something is missing with this congregation. But praise God, when you do your part, we're a complete congregation then. You bring in a gift and an aspect that nobody else can feel but you. And so you are very important. It's a really, uh, God notices the gifts as he's given you. He notices that and he wants to aid you in doing that. They don't go unseen. And by the way, he said somebody, people say, well, you know, I'll do a terrible job teaching Sunday school or something. If you do too bad, you know what? They won't ask you again. And that's okay. If you get asked once, they will, that's okay. They just won't ask you again. And you know what? Most people do it and are willing to do what they can do. They get asked many times more. And that's what God wants. <clears throat> so be useful. Okay, the next one is, uh, your gift is for the, to build up and to edify the body. Verses 12 and 13 where it says, For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So, so it says there, to the perfecting of the saints. Perfecting means complete furnishings complete furnishings you know I don't know if you feel like you're perfected of the saints but if we're growing up I think God knows that we're striving to be that way and so we want to be of service to other people we want to edify the body your gift is not to edify you but to edify Jesus in the body of Christ and what a tremendous blessing that uh, what, uh, the, multi the multiple gifts that you have is to build up one another, to edify, to build up the church. Acts 9.31 says, Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and were built up. And that's such a tremendous thing to realize that we can be, that we can edify each other. Verses uh, 16 and 29, here in the same chapter of Ephesians 4 speaks of that. Ephesians 16 says, By whom the whole body joined and fit and knit together by which every joint supplies according to the, the effective working together by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. And so we say, here it is. This body is edifying each other. They're building each other. They, even though you might have a gift that is completely completely different than somebody else's. So somebody might say, well, that's a, you know, their, their ability to see things is really strange. You know, or, uh, you know it, it, but God would never expect his children to look at other of his children in a negative way. Never. He would expect us to say, look, that's an important gift. Now, being critical and hyper-judgmental is not a gift from God, okay? I'll say that. That's not one of the gifts that God gives you. It's, that's a temptation from Satan. But uh, at the same time, God cares that we are building up each other and encouraging each other. And sometimes when things come into a church or into my own life and you warn me, that is good. That's a good gift. Some people have better discernment than others. And I, I think that's appreciated. I appreciate that. In other words, we 
Anything that helps build up me or you or the body is edifying one another. And, and that's very encouraging. God wants us to do that. The church needs more encouragers. And I'm, I think y'all do a great job of, of doing that. But uh, we're in a battle. And it is a battle that isn't just, I'm going to give up the faith. I hope none of you are thinking that. Because that is a battle too. But it's a battle of erosion of biblical convictions. It's a battle of, you know, do I, need, do I really need to do that? You know, that's what Satan said in the garden. You know, you know did, did God really mean that? And it's a battle of slow erosions. And so if we together can edify each other to maintain a holy walk, you're edifying the body. And it takes a lot of courage. God wants that. He, he blesses that. You know, parents need a lot of encouraging. It is not easy to train children to be respectful and mannerly and polite nowadays. You know, the world just isn't that way. And I'm finding out sometimes these things are creeping into church uh, families. You know, to respect elders, to be reverent in church and those kind of things. You know, encourage each other. Encourage. I'm talking about, we're talking about edifying each other on things that make a difference in our Christian life. Encourage your leaders. And I'm talking about the ones that are your leaders here. Encourage them. You know, it's, it's not just easy to be a good leader nowadays and stand up for the Lord and stand up for what's right. Encourage them. That's how we edify one another. And also always encourage the weak. It's easy to look down on certain things, but always encourage your weak, uh, the weak among you. No wonder it says in Romans 14, 19, let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and the things wherewith one may edify one another. In other words, when we edify each other, it should bring us together, it should make peace in the brotherhood. It shouldn't bring controversy. That's what God wants in our lives. So if we have a heart of love and to build up, there will uh, be peace and good fellowship in the body. And there will be more than just that. That is so important. That's the basis. There will be unity of the faith. Did you read that? Unity of the faith. And I believe oneness of the faith and practice is critically important. Uh, you know, we serve one Lord. We obey him. He's our head. And we obey him. And it's not just a belief system. It's a practice we believe that practice shows your belief. That makes sense, doesn't it? It sure does. You, uh, uh, we don't just do what we want to do. We do what he, the head, wants us to do. And that edifies. That brings us together. There's a togetherness there. Unity of the faith is part of growing up. You know, I think it's a tremendous blessing. Mm -mm. Paul spoke of how the opposite can happen, but how to get it done. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 10 says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. Beautiful. Now that's wonderful. You all speak the same thing. And that there be no division among you, none, no rifts, no bickering, no murmuring, no division among you, but that ye be perfectly 
joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Was Paul dreaming? Was Paul thinking, having the mind of Christ? He's saying, look, when you work together, you know what Paul knew in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 10? You know what he knew? He knew it to say, oh, I like brother so-and-so better than him. I follow Paul's. Oh, I'm following Paul. You know, he knew their visions, okay? This was a comment to bring together in the faith. Together in the faith. In other words, you don't follow Jay. You don't follow Elam. You don't follow Brother Dave. We follow the Lord as they follow Christ. We're together. We're working together to follow Christ. It brings unity to the faith. Don't have any to be. Don't be picking and choosing. Each one of them has different gifts. Follow that gift. Be, be encouraged by that gift and obey, and it brings togetherness. That's how we edify one another, by following God together. <clears throat> Philippians 2, 1 to 3 has a lot to say about this. Romans 12, 3 says, For I say through the grace given unto me that every, every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than not to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. And that's a tremendous thing to remember because every now and then somebody feels like they got it all together and sometimes we think that way. I mean, that's a temptation for the devil. I know what should be done. Have you ever thought of that? How many days back do you have to go until you thought that? (laughs) And he says, now I have to think, you know what? Collective wisdom and discernment is better than singular any day. Any day. That's why we're to edify one another. We encourage one another. We work together. Yes, that's how we grow up. Colossians 1, verse 28. Now we preach... Warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ. Yeah, we're growing up into a perfect man in Christ. Verse 13b, perfect in Christ. I hope that don't scare you too much. We're in Jesus. When we give it, we've repented of our sins. We've given our heart to him. And we're living in loyalty to him positionally we're perfect not performance it's position in Jesus I thank God that every Christian that's really a Christian is born again is perfect a perfect man in Christ a perfect person in Christ Jesus doesn't that bless you to realize that you don't have to you don't have to do obtain certain amount of works to do you're perfect in Christ Jesus and you can rest in that what a tremendous blessing But now, to be performance-wise a little closer to what he wants us to be, we're going to need to grow up. (laughs) We're going to need to do the things that are important to obey his word. And, and, And I'm just blessed that we can have these gifts, utilize these gifts, encourage one another, and therein be strengthening to the body of Christ. The next point is be stable. Verse uh. 14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of man and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. That was the new King James. It says they're not as children. Uh, no, 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 not be like children. Actually, it's kind of interesting, though, what the Greek says there. 
It's sim a simple-minded person, an immature Christian. A simple-minded person. Now, I, that's an interesting label. I wouldn't ever do that myself, but, you know. I, probably in God's sake, we're all fairly simple, actually. Can you imagine all the knowledge he has? And we think we're smart, and he looked at us and said, man, that, that person feels pretty simple, you know. They could just get it, you know. You know, um, children. children. One thing, you know what children, no, so I'm, I'm going to tell you some negative things about children. Had a few, have a few grandchildren have a little experience here. They about always like what the other person has. You know that? You didn't have to train them that. If they could just have that truck, they would be happy. And they have it about two minutes, and they don't want or get, want something else, right? That's a that's a Christian that acts like a child. They're always wanting what somebody else has. Oh, ain't that sad? Not, don't be like children. He says, don't be like children. And then they're not satisfied. Um, you know, they just go from one toy to the other. Two minutes here, three minutes there. They're never satisfied. You ever see Christians like that? Don't look too far. Don't you? Know, they're just not—they're just not happy, man. My church just don't have it. You know, buying so this person's a problem. That person, yeah, they're not satisfied. They could be in a great church. Probably are for all of them. You know, you know that they're in this church they're in a good one, right? <laughs> you know, and so you know you can always find something wrong with the church. You know why? Number one, there's people in it. Number two, you're in it. And so right there is a good starter to know that there's going to be problems because we're all human, right? But we're going to edify one another, right? That's what God wants us to do. And so uh, we don't want to be like children. Children, are, of course, they have a lot of good things about them. But we're talking about negatives. He said, don't be like children. So we, we want to be satisfied in Jesus. We want to make sure we're doing our part. Because a good child, you know, when there's a fuss, of course, you always like this, when there's a fuss, you know, they can tear in each other and two minutes later play, play together happily. That's a good thing. Where it says in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Well, at least they were babes. That was better than nothing. But they were carnal because of their attitudes. But don't be like children. I've noticed a few things. You know, when a child crawls at whatever stage, what, five or six months? But let me tell you, when he crawls and he can't walk, when he's two or three, you know something's wrong. You know? They're not growing up, are they? <laughs> yeah, that happens. You know, sometimes... Um, if, you're not, if we're not eating the right food, we're not on the right menu, you know what? Things don't, you, you know what they claim if you feed a calf for too long, it'll die. If you feed it milk, I forgot one word. If you feed a calf, I never tried. If you try to do the same, we're trying to feed a baby calf like milk for eight months. Like I've heard they'll die. You know why? They never grew up. That's why. They didn't get them on grain and hay and good silage, good food. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty sight when Christians grow up. It's a pretty sight. Be stable. Now, the fact is, we're a changing people. We're a changing people. Check it down. How were you 10 years ago? Think about it. How was you 20 years ago? More than, we don't, we're not, we, and really, we, God never intends us to stagnate. 
or plateau. We never reached a level where we can just plateau, right? That'd be stagnation. God never wants that, okay? So we are changing. But what way are we changing, God is asking. What way are we changing? We need to ask that question. Because we're going to grow up, we should be changing more like Jesus. We should be growing in holiness, right? Our love for God and each other should be growing. We should be glad and willing to be more separate from the world than we was 10 years ago. Is that right? If we're going to grow up, that's going to have to happen. We're going to need to be more compassionate one to another. We're going to need to care more about the lost than we did. Right? We're growing up. This is stability. Now, God is not saying stagnate. He's saying, do more. I can do more. He's saying, well, I'm already giving a lot of time. It's all God's time, right? What are we doing with our time? He's asking. And he says it meant with a passion. Can you imagine a church that would give, just dedicate, just any time that they can be a service Lord, they're going to do that. I'm going to just live on minimal monetary means. I'm going to do that. Now, you might be radical, a stranger of but God will bless you. God, that's a life that Jesus lived. And he looks down, I wonder sometimes he looks down and he sees our American lifestyle. He says, they're missing it. They could do better. I want to grow up. I want to do better. I want to be stable. I want to be growing more like Jesus in my doctrine, my life, my practice, my heart's desire, everything. I want to be more like Jesus. And I tell you, friends, to do that, you're going to have to change. I'm not saying we're bad where we're at. No condemnation of that. But if we're going to grow up, which direction are you growing? Which direction are you growing? Well, we don't want to be like children, tossed to and fro. Oh, that's a cool thing. I think I'll do that. Remember, is it godly? Does it show more godliness in your life? There's a lot of temptations out there. You got them, and I got them. We all have them. So we need to be thinking. Does that fad make me look more like Jesus or more like the world? We need to be thinking. We need to be thinking about that. If I do that, and there's a lot of things, there's a number of things we can do in proper priorities, in proper place, that goes to excess. We're not showing stability. Something is becoming an addiction. It's not just drinking and smoking. Sometimes they happen in our own lives. Yeah. No wonder it says in 1 Corinthians 14, 20, Brethren, be not children in understanding, howbeit in malice be children, but in understanding, be men! Be men! Be strong in the Lord, he's saying. Do what's right. <clears throat> I will hasten on. Last point, verse six, 15 and 16. If we're going to grow up, we're going to have to be brotherly. Now, I know it relates a whole lot to uh, the, the second point of edifying one another. But it's very important, verse 15 and 16, speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things and to him who is the head 
and we're fitly joined together. We're willing to pack it in. We're not an oddball in a group. We're fitting in with each other. And God cares about that. And we're speaking the truth in love so that we can grow. Ephesians 4.25 says, Therefore putting away lying that each uh, one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. <clears throat> now, this thing about speaking the truth is a little bit tricky sometimes because not all truth has to be known. In other words, if you know something that a person has done that is not very exemplary, we'll just say it in the kindest way I can, not exemplary, it is not my duty nor yours to tell everybody in the church about it. And it might be the truth, but it's not edifying, remember? It's not love. It's not spreading. You do have some opportunities to be like Jesus in, uh, in his word. You can pray for that person. Number one, that's the best thing probably you can do. And if it still bothers you, which it easy could and maybe should, you can go to them and say, hey, you know, I understand this. I've seen this or heard this. What happened? What is your side of it? Okay, you can ask that question. Don't go accusing, go asking. Yes, we need to care about the truth, and we need to care about the faith, and we need to care about the practice of the Lord, but how we work through it is very, very important, how we do it in a loving way to, to be brotherly. No wonder it says in uh, 1 Peter 1, where it says, Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto un." feigned love of the brethren, <coughs> see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Did you notice the adjectives there in that verse? Uh, unfeigned means from a sincere love. It's not put on, oh, I got to act nice to so-and-so this morning. I'm going to be around them. look bad to, you know, uh, skirt them. You know, to, it would look bad, you know. I, you know, I mean, I... Uh, yours, you have an attitude, but you're covering it up. That, that's an unfeigned love. That, he's saying, look, look, we want to grow up in him with a true love, a genuine, sincere love for the heart for everyone. And since you have a loved one, uh, then have a pure heart fervently. Don't you like these adjectives? A transparent heart, because they truly love one another. And they love them fervently. Now, I don't know what all that means, but I do know that that sounds like gas on the fire to me. If you have a little love, just put gas on the fire, and you would have a fervent fire and a fervent love. <clears throat> if our hearts are in right condition with God and with each other, we will be that way. We'll have a fervent love. And it brings it to a good conclusion the whole body will be working together harmoniously. They'll be working together. Yes, you might be a toe, you might be a knee, you might be an elbow, you might be fingers, you might be a mouthpiece, whatever you want to feel like you are, but you're there, you're being useful, you're being a blessing, and you know what? Everybody's appreciating you because you're doing, you're, you're doing what you can do and you're doing it from the bottom of your heart. You're dedicated to the job, to the responsibility. <clears throat> Ephesians 2, 20 to 22 speaks of this issue. Even more, how that we're to be used in the kingdom of God. But if we're going to be this way, we have to be encouragers and not complainers to be building each other up 
<coughs> in the Lord. Philippians 1, 9 says, And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more. The Philippian church was a good church. Just like I think you are. But it's interesting what Paul said to them. And I think this is how we grow up. This I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. God bless you in growing up with Jesus. Shall we have a song?